This podcast is the sixth episode of Novel Writers The Warm Up. Novel Writers is a monthly event organized by Spike Island in partnership with Bristol Festival of Ideas. Today I received Candice Carty-Williams for her first novel, Queenie, published in March 2019 by Trappist Book. It made a remarkable debut in the publishing industry and also received some very nice reviews from fellow writers and major newspapers like The Guardian and The Times. It also created a bit of a controversy on the internet, which we will or won't talk about later on, on this podcast. Candy Carty Williams, I'm very happy to have you with us today. Together, we are going to talk about the writing process behind your first novel, Queenie. And this talk will be a warm up before you present your book and discuss it with an audience tonight mm -hmm. in Spike Island. So, welcome in Bristol. Thank you for having me. Uh, I heard that you already had a busy day today in Bristol. How's that going? Are you okay? It's good, thank you. It's good. I like this stuff and also I like leaving London. So, you already feel you get off the train and you the air hits you and you feel like more energy as soon as you leave that uh, busy city. Yeah, is that your first time in Bristol? It's my second. I was here a while ago for a gig, but I didn't get to explore it a lot. Okay. And so maybe this time I can have an actual walk around. Okay, do you have enough time? Are you? How long are you staying? I can find some time. You can find some time? <laughs> That's good, maybe tonight. Yeah. Candice, Carty Williams, it's very interesting because you work and have worked for long in the publishing industry in mm -hmm. London, uh, where you also created the Guardian and Fourth Estate BAME Short Story Prize. BAME standing for Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic. So it's a literature prize designed to shed some light on underrepresented communities in the publishing industry. Mm -hmm. So my point is, you had an intense relationship with literature mm. before even starting to write your novel. So can mm. you tell me a bit more about that? When has your love for literature started? So I think since I was a child, it was always an escape for me, reading. Um, it was always really nice to be sucked into a world that wasn't our own, the ones that we, we aren't living. Um, that was really, it just, it felt really important. Books always have always felt very important to me, just the actual physical things themselves. Um, and when I was growing up, I remember wanting to be a librarian because I really wanted to just be around books all the time. And then when I realised that you could work in publishing and contribute to the life of a book, I was like, I have to do that. And then when I realised actually that space didn't really talk to me or represent me in the way that it, sh it you know, it really should, just because, you know, of the way the, the, the culture is, um, I was like, perhaps I can contribute to that as well. Oh, right. So it was more a love about books and you were a great reader, first mm. of all. And I read in, in The Guardian that your intention were never to become a, a writer. No. So why did you start writing? Is that what you mentioned before? Yeah, I basically just thought um, it's not, you know, things aren't moving fast enough and things aren't changing fast enough. And also actually it came out of me thinking, what's the book that I would want to read? Perhaps I have to write it. And that's, so that's exactly what I did because I just wasn't seeing, you know, I think I was waiting a long time for that book to appear. And as much as I had, you know, all of those great 
um, books of my youth. So, like, you know, like your Bridget Jones's Diary and Anger Songs and Full Frontal Snogging. And another book that I, another like book set that I loved was um, the Adrian Moore books by Sue Townsend. All of those things were amazing to me and all very different presentations of uh, white people living their lives. Um, and I was still waiting just for a black woman that I could in any way relate to living her life and that just still wasn't happening you know so you felt that frustration you said okay so why not myself mm -hmm. writing your books and mm -hmm. I wish I could have read exactly hmm. did you did you write as a child only in my diary but yeah. it would only just be you know just like oh like this person was not kind to me today oh, I see. or I just forgot to see my homework and people laughed at me you know just that sort of like it heart wasn't pouring. fiction though it was no like no never yeah, personal thoughts. Exactly. And how did you jump into writing fiction? Did you, did you, my, my question is, how did you build yourself as a writer? Did you mm -hmm. take classes, I think like creative writing classes? Did you go for technical books or did you just jump into it right away? So I've always read, so I think in that way I understand the story. And um, a long, 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 long time ago, I did two classes at City Lit, which is um, like an institution in central London, Hoban, where you can basically study like pretty much anything. And I did a, a really short novel writing course um, where you kind of had to formulate an idea and read some bits out to the class. <laughs> and that was that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember. It wasn't really about like teaching you how to write. It was more about like you, I guess, like working on something every week and then being like, how do we feel about this? And people saying like, yes or no. Um, and then I also did a screenwriting course, which I really loved um, because screenwriting really got to understanding what makes a story mm -hmm. and what motors the story along. So I think in a technical sense, the screenwriting class was where I learned about the writing a story process. Mm -hmm. Did you look through books uh, as you mentioned earlier a few books did you look through them and try to find a structure or tips that you could copy in a way or get inspired by no because no. I also when I'm when I'm writing I don't read any fiction okay because I would be so worried about taking on someone's voice and actually, <laughs> oh yes and so I would I was so I, re I read non-fiction so just to keep my brain ticking along um but in terms of actually picking up a fiction book when I'm writing like never ever oh yeah sounds familiar to me mm -hmm. it's very dangerous yeah it's, I think it's a Especially if you really love uh, the work of the writers exactly. you, you're reading, you really kind of get into the rhythm and it starts to invade your own, your own writing. Mm. Um, working in the publishing industry, did you get some technical tips from your own experience, for example, or from some fellow co-workers? No. Really. <laughs> I basically kept it. So in my because I work in publishing, it's really important to me that I have boundaries okay. with my work and books mm -hmm. that I'm involved in. So... If I um, if I had like a really nice piece of news about the book and someone comes and says like well done well done I will just say thanks very much and then I'll just keep doing my work oh, you know I just because for me it's like this is my job and I'm I've come here to do my job and I'm here from nine thirty to five thirty doing that and anything about the book is outside of work I don't ever come in and talk about it um, because I think there has to be a boundary because the worlds are so close together. Absolutely, and uh, that gets me thinking because you you said uh, you, that you have this regular job from nine thirty to five thirty. It doesn't give that much room mm. to writing. And uh, I read once more in I think it was in the Guardian article 
that uh, you wrote uh, Queenie, mm -hmm. the first novel you're talking about today, in one week in November, uh, in a writer retreat at Giorgio Moyes' secondary, secondary home in the countryside, and that you reviewed it during some Christmas holiday. Is all of this true? So I wrote a bit of it. A bit of like it. A, I wrote like a bit of it, like oh, a right. third. I guess like the first like third in terms of just like word count. Um, I wrote the first third. Which is already that, great. Which is, a, which is really nice. I write very, very quickly. Um, and then I wrote the rest in the Christmas holidays and then beyond. Mm-hmm. Okay. So every weekend after that. Mm -hmm. And then I um, revised it by, by sending four of my very trusted friends who work in publishing a copy. Mm -hmm. And I said, please, can you let me know what doesn't make sense, what's bad, what's silly, which doesn't fit tonally. Um, and then I, as soon as I got all of their feedback, I went again and I did a second draft. Oh, I see. Okay, that sounds way... Mm -hmm. more possible that, that, was, that was like wow writing yeah. such a book in one week and just you know review it during Christmas oh, no, no, it no, seems no, no, impossible no, 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 no. to me <laughs> no it's a lot of work uh, yes and a lot of like revisions and editorial work absolutely and we can feel the work in a sense that the characters are very trustable in a sense that we mm. can definitely see them through the, the way they speak through the, the way they behave they are very you know we can definitely see the difference between them they are very clear very easy to picture, and this is not, according to me at least, something that you can achieve in one week of work. Mm. And I was wondering about those characters. How do you work on them? Is that because obviously your book is not an autobiography; so mm. it's full fiction. Uh, did you? But to create those characters, how did you do? Did you do some sketches? Did you find some pictures of people that looked like the characters you wanted to build? Mm. Is there something that you do like that? So they are basically all alive in my head. And on the second novel that I'm writing, there are four characters. And I actually did sketch them out because it's different. When Queenie's, Queenie's world is really easy to me to see. And this new world that I was going on, I had to kind of leave Queenie's world behind, which was quite hard, <laughs> and think about this whole new world. And like spend a lot of time drawing the characters. Also because it's four of them. And it's, it's about a group of people. And so how to draw them together, their heights, their shapes, their sizes, how that might make their dynamic work. Um, I had to like give a list of like what they liked, disliked, who they were, where they lived, who lived with their parents, what was their relationship like with their parents, who liked who more in that group. You know, I had to do this world building for all of them in a way that I didn't have to in Queenie. Mm -hmm. Because with Queenie, because it was just first person through her eyes, And then because I was already imagining a different character, I was in just really easily imagining what she was going through and who she was meeting. I see. And uh, I also, when I was reading Queenie, the, the, your novel, uh, I was very surprised by the fact that, um, I'm not trying to give away too much here, <laughs> <laughs> that she, has, uh, she used to have a boyfriend uh, called Tom. Mm -hmm. And at some point uh, in the story, she has a, a lover called Ted um, and because of their names are so similar and they are white men and they are more or less the same age and they also as well not trying to give away too much uh, behave like dicks mm -hmm. um, I was very I was wondering if this was intentional to to portray those two men in a very similar way even though of course they are two characters mm -hmm. that do not have the same life but behave in a very particular way 
So actually, uh, that's really that's you're the only person who's actually pointed out without me having to tell oh, to really? tell them. So all of the men who are named, so there are lots of men who are not named because yeah. ultimately it's not about the men. It's mm. about her and it's about her value and it's about her finding that value and she has to go on this really nasty journey through men. But all of the men, so Ted, Tom, Guy, Guy. Addy, yeah, they all have four, three, three. They all have, yeah. sorry, they all have three letter names. Because they were just like as basic as you can get. They were just like they were just guys, you know. It caught me with guy because first of all, I didn't know it was a name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I mean for for a French person, it's not very obvious. And then I met a man called Guy, and I was like, ah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for me, I thought it was like just a very good joke. You know, Mm -hmm. the guy is just called Guy. (laughs) I I thought it was funny. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I didn't realize that they all had three little names. That's very interesting. So you did this Mm -hmm. intentionally just to show that they were just kind of random Yeah, they're just like, they're just there. It's not about them at all. It's not. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's Mm -hmm. it's way more about how how Queenie deal with them and deal about how feelings about Mm -hmm. them. But them are are not very, you know, not very present in the story. No, they're not meant to be. They're not meant to be. Mm -hmm. And do you, or did you have for, for writing Queenie, a working process? Did you have a plan? How much did you plan before jumping into the fiction? So I don't plan. I can't plan as a writer. Um, I just let it kind of take me as I go along. Um, And that's what I enjoy. I enjoy not knowing what's coming next for me. And that's what excites me because if someone, if I'm like, okay, so Queenie is like at the doctor and then she's going to go to the shop and then she's going to go to work, I'm a bit like... She's at the shop, then she goes to work. Whereas if I can just let that journey happen for itself, then I can see the stuff that she encounters when she is like at the doctor and then at, you know on the way to work, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just because when something's set out for you, there's not any room for imagination. Mm-hmm. But when you're kind of like, okay, well, what's this journey going to be? Let me do it in my head. That's when you're just like, what does that room look like? What does it smell like? What are the people walking past her saying? Like, what are they doing? You know, you just have... It's just world building as you go along in a way that I can't do when it's just like, here are your like A, B, C, D, E, F, G points, you know? I see what you mean. And in the same way, um, the plot is very well structured in a sense that, well, in the beginning of the book, uh, Queen is already in a quite bad place. Uh, but it's just getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. And seriously, like, the worst thing happened to her in terms of love, as we said, but also friendship and work wife mm. and with our family, it's also very tough. Um, and so we can see that there is a, an escalation in, mm. in the book. And, and I definitely believe you when you say that you're not planning that mm. much and you go with the flow, which is totally fair enough. But I can see the, the escalation, I can see the structure, which is well done. And uh, I wonder how much you worked on that during the writing process or if you get back to it and then worked uh, on your own I'll tell you what, a lot of that was my editors being like I think we're going to move some we're going to basically get her to a point where she's now going to begin to spiral and all of this stuff is just going to feed in and in and into this like big downward loop that she's about to go on so I have to thank my editors for that because like they are really good at the shape I mean they're good at shaping Mm. um and I'm I'm also I really enjoy the editorial process. I really like collaborating. So actually, it's a really... I love that. It's like my favourite. I think my favourite bit of it has been handing over to my editors and being like, thank you, here's like the basis of it. Mm. 
give me the structure and then I'll give you the texture. Oh, I see. So it's a very, like, uh, it's a, I was about to say it's a, it's a teamwork. Well, well it it's kind of very is. Fair it's very for collaborative, you. yeah. yeah. It's very collaborative. That's what yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, that, did you enjoy that, though? Did you enjoy Oh, so process? much. Like, that's what mm. I, you know, because writing is such a, is such a solitary thing. Mm-hmm. And you know that you're the only person who can finish it. And so when actually you can be like, okay, I'm going to hand this over. And then someone's going to step in and be like, this is actually how we're going to make it better. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm. And also because uh, there is a very interesting balance in your book in the sense that uh, the shape of it or the form of it is, it's difficult to say, it's quite, I, I wrote, I know that I wrote quite light and casual in the mm. sense that there is a lot of jokes and there is WhatsApp messages and there mm. is emails and stuff like that. At in the same times that in some times of all you know it's quite funny and light, and sometimes it goes across so many dark uh, topics and so very heavy topics as um, you know mental health, uh, fragility, anxiety, racism, uh, and also a very interesting well-intentioned racism, mm-hmm. which for a white liberal kind of person like me is mm-hmm. very interesting to read because mm-hmm. we very rarely read things mm. like that so quite heavy topics traumatic past childhood uh, abandonment things like that and you have to balance you find a way to balance a very light tone of speech with talking about while talking about those very heavy uh situations and and and, and talks uh, and topics sorry and i was wondering how did you manage to do that was it once more was it intentional was it something that you wanted from the start did you work on it yeah so I think with me um the other day someone was asking me why I write a lot of light and shade and why a lot of the stuff I write is funny and then they met my family and they were like okay that makes sense because I've always grown up with women who have said if you don't laugh you'll cry because they've all gone through so much stuff all of my aunts my nan my great grandma they've all gone through unbelievable things and I've seen them I've seen them find a way to laugh through that and for me it's the same but also I don't really take a lot seriously like I find a lot of things funny and I'm quite I'm not very poised and I can I'm quite goofy and quite silly and so like for me like writing that character who also had those traits and who didn't really take things as seriously as maybe they should or maybe was quite sarcastic and was quite um I guess whimsical when it came to things mm-hmm. that felt very natural to do and also because I knew that if I was talking about those things you can't just shove it down people's throats you've kind of got to soften it or I guess maybe sort of like embed it in a joke and suddenly they're like oh shit this is really serious yes um mm-hmm. and I really wanted to you know you never want to force people to have to understand anything because I think that can put a block up mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you kind of introduce it with humour, that's a way of sort of like sneaking it in there. That's very smart. Um, especially I, I found the character of, and I'm going to destroy her name, Chesky. Chesky, close. Chesky. It's very hey. good. Well done. <laughs> I practice at home. Oh, thank you. I tried. Uh, but she's hilarious. She's uh, the, like she's the best character. Yeah and, yeah. and Queenie actually said at some point in the book that she finds, like, she knows no one in the world that is funnier than herself, Queenie, mm. but uh, Cheska. But Cheska. Yeah. She's really fun. She's really, I think she's my, she was always my favourite character. 
to write. And whenever I knew I had a scene with her coming up, I was like... Yeah, happy to write it. Yeah, very happy to write it. <laughs> just because also she represents not just funniness, but also all of the things that Queenie wishes she could be yeah. as a black woman. And so Cheska is just kind of like, I am black. I date black men. I enjoy that. I'm looking for someone who's going to like treat me like the queen that I am. I'm not ashamed of that. You know, she's just like, I'm a woman living in the world and I'm going to get what I deserve. Yeah. Um, and Queenie is always a bit sort of like, oh, you know, like, oh, you know, because Queenie's value is like shot to pieces. And so I think it's really Im- important that she had that person in her life who wouldn't just make her and everyone else laugh as, and be comic relief, but also was someone who presented a version of blackness that Queenie desired exactly she is this strong independent black woman that mm. queenie really wish she could be but but is not exactly most part of, of of the book uh we are going to reach the the end of this interview but i have few very few more questions to ask you about your writing process uh what is the most difficult thing for you when it comes to writing and what is the easiest one mm. difficult is sitting down and Turning Netflix off and opening the document. <laughs> yes. Because as soon as I'm in it, I'm like fine. You enjoy it. But up until the point that I've got to sit down and open it and open Microsoft Word, I'm like, oh, why am I doing this? Why is this why is this now my job? Mm-hmm. Um and I guess the easiest part is when I get to like a sweet spot of it maybe being like three in the morning, my phone is no longer doing anything, and I'm just in a rhythm of it and I know that I'm gonna keep going for like four more hours. That's my favourite part, that weird sort of like twilight time when everyone's like gone to bed and I'm just like, it feels like it's like me in the story. Hmm, I see. And um, are you planning to write a second novel now? Now, I'm not asking if you already are, it's Mm -hmm. just because I want to know if you learned from the process of writing the first book, Mm -hmm. some things that uh, you won't do it again or you will do again uh, if you decide to write something new. So I'm already writing a second. All right, which is great. Um, thank you very much. Very kind <laughs> of you. Um, and I again wrote the first draft of that really speedily, and I was like, let's see how people receive Queenie because Queenie is quite testing in parts, and this at this point feels very polite. And I was and I was like, you know, I was writing it, and I was like, people will need polite from me at this point because you know, like, you know, I think they've probably you know had a lot um, thrown at them, but now I'm like no they can everyone can take it so I'm yeah. gonna go back and um, make everything a lot messier wow that's a great spoiler I'm very happy to hear that thank you <laughs> is there any technical question that I ask that uh, that I haven't asked that you wish I could have asked technical in terms technical. of like process yeah, exactly um, mm-hmm. editorial maybe you could ask like how um, how many revisions it took? How many revisions did it take for you to write Queenie? Um, so when I wrote the first draft, I mean, like, there is, I guess, a misconception that, like, you know, you write the thing and then it's done and it's all, like, a quite an easy ride. Um, <laughs> but I wrote the first draft, then the second and submitted it to my agent, and then I did another draft with her, and then I did two more drafts with my UK editor, and then I did maybe four more with my US editor because the US are a very different audience and they require I guess not just um, things like trainers versus sneakers but also I think sometimes 
in some parts, I think just to just a lot more exposition, mm-hmm. um, because you know some things are just lost tonally, you know, as they would be from English to French. Things yeah. are just you know, mm-hmm. um, there's a tonal shift. Or the guy and guy sings exactly, yeah. um, and so I think that is the thing. I think I don't know how you know a lot of work goes into the final thing that you see, and there are like. 30 documents in your computer called like mm. final, final two, final three. <laughs> no, this is it. No, Candice, this is the one. You know, there are so many of those. I see. <laughs> Sounds really familiar. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for your time, uh, Candice Carty Williams. We okay. are now ready to join the Spike Island Cafe where you will read extracts of your first novel, Queenie, and discuss it with the public. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And I am now talking to our dear listeners. If you like this podcast, please let us know by subscribing, sharing, and liking. You can find us on all the podcast platforms under the name Nova Writers The Warm-Up, and we will be happy to have your opinion on the Twitter page of Spike Island or on my page at Fuster Julie. Next writers to be interviewed will be Kim Sherwood for Testament, and if you have some technical questions to ask her, Please share them on Twitter and I will make sure to pass them on to Kim.